Welcome back to the CBJ Show. I'm your host, Brandon P., alongside Cam M. If you are new, uh, Cam joined us last week. Uh, he'll now be a full time on this uh, channel, so you'll get our opinions. But um, Jason will be back in a few weeks in case you uh, missed his opinion. Uh, we got a lot of news happening this week in uh, sports uh, uh, involving professional teams, college teams, and uh, high school uh, schools as well. And uh, we're going to end with um, just to let you know, upcoming Boston sports schedule as sports are now coming back. We're uh, going to make sure we uh, include uh, the sports games for the week uh, so you can uh, make sure to check those out. Uh, we are now uh, live on Spotify, Apple Play, and YouTube. So hopefully you're joining us from anywhere you can listen on YouTube or on the go with Spotify and Google Play. Cam, I'm gonna uh, hand it off to you uh, with this week in sports. All right, thanks, Brandon. First, out of the NHL, we only had two positive tests in phase three of testing all the players with some very exciting breaking news. The NHL Seattle team has announced their name and team colors as they will be named the Seattle Kraken with their colors being blue and green, with their logo being an S and their alternate alternate logo being the Seattle Space Needle with the anchor along the bottom side of that. And out of the MLB, we had the first woman to coach an on-field game with the Giants as Alyssa Nakin took over as their first base coach on Monday, July 20th. Also, a new rule in the MLB where relief pitchers now have to face a minimum of three batters before they'll be able to get taken out of the game. Very interesting new rule there. And last week, we saw Yasiel Puig got signed by the Braves. And at the end of the week, the Braves cut him due to a positive COVID test. Alongside, Mookie Betts signed a 12-year, $365 million contract with the Dodgers. Let's keep him locked up in L.A. for a good amount of the next 12 years. Off to you for the NBA, NFL news now. Yes, and before I mention the NFL and NBA news, we filmed this around during the middle of the week, Wednesday, Thursday. So last week, the league uh, news actually came just after we uh, – uh, published and filmed this episode. So if you were watching that and you heard Yasiel Puig to the Braves, you may have been a little confused. So just want to get that clarification out. But NBA, according um, this week, reported zero new positive cases. So good sign for the NBA. And NFL made some news. Michael Bennett retired, uh, but he decided to retire this week. And the Redskins will be called the Washington football team until uh, further. Uh, this is not a permanent name. It's a tentative name, and uh, they're not going to change any colors, just taking out the Redskins. Moving on to boxing news now. Mike Tyson is back. He will have his first expedition match on September 12th. We'll see what he can do. He is much older than he was before. Exciting to have him back. First discussion for this week. We will start off with high school and college athletics, talking about how what will happen if they cancel school, cancel school and athletics. If not, first news from high school and college athletics, California canceled all their high school sports until January of 2021, with other states might follow those, considering California was the first. 
to see who follows. Likely Massachusetts might be next. The Ivy League will not play fall sports. The Big Ten, Pac-12, and the Big East announced that they will only play in-conference games for the fall, if not the spring, maybe more if they don't cancel their seasons. We have 20 conferences between the D1, D2, and D3 have canceled or suspended their fall sports for this year, and conferences has also delayed their start date, as we saw with Clemson and Oklahoma, they had that they had many athletes test positive for the virus, and if more colleges start to open up with athletics getting close together, could have more cases like that. But first, before we get into the aspect of college sports, let's talk about what this would mean for the college sports economy and money as many colleges get a lot of revenue selling sports tickets and football tickets. So what are your thoughts on how this could impact the colleges of getting more revenue and college football and college sports in general? I think college revenue is going to go down with not having sports. Um, as Cam mentioned, so many uh, um, colleges have announced uh, no sports for the fall. Uh, California spent until uh, spring. Um, we see a lot happening, and it's going to move forward. Uh, and I think we're going to have a lot more states falling. Yeah, colleges, some of the top colleges can make up to $150 million in revenue. And without that money, that that could be a great impact to the college. They might have to cut some of their sports programs. As we saw, some schools cut their lacrosse teams and even some low soccer teams. So we could see more of that coming on. If you have any last thoughts on college sports before we move into high school, which impacts colleges also. One thing college impacts is actually the professional team. And we've seen this uh, been discussed a few couple of weeks about uh, um, high school players who want to skip colleges and uh, college and go straight to the pros. And we may see that in, with colleges losing players that go straight to the pros and run view from all these sports, they may be going downhill. Yeah, definitely. As we move to high school now, with if high schools cancel their seasons, you know, a lot of students and student athletes rely on their scholarships there. As we see seniors and even some juniors trying to get into college to play even D3, D2 sports there. And it's going to be much harder for them to get recognized. Like, as we know, they still keep track of uh, team stats from like the year before, but still you want the newest stats, some new players, maybe a junior wasn't on varsity as as a junior. They're on JV and they're moving up to varsity as a senior year and they could have an explosion in the senior year. But without without a season, you know, they might not be able to do that and get acknowledged and recognized to be able to go to college to play athletics there. So it should be should be interesting of how scholarships and getting recognized as an athlete goes. If you have any thoughts on that. I think uh agree with you and seniors uh, of the class of 2020, they've had a tough year with COVID and uh, some places like Massachusetts had triple E. So it has not been the easiest of years and we're seeing it's going to get harder with uh, college uh, college and high school run of view. Uh, wonder what uh, 
the next phase will be. Yeah, moving on to non-athletes for high school and college. A lot of students rely on these sports to, you know, get them through stuff in high school and college, keep them entertained, along with just providing them that extra support system that some students need. And without that, you know, we could see a decline in, you know, kids not ended up not going to college or not doing as well in school because they don't have that extra support there. So what do you think this could mean for some of those non-athlete students just relying on sports to get them get them through what they're going through without that entertainment system or just being able to watch those games and go to those Friday night games with your friends under the lights there and just watch your team play. Friday night lights no more. Um, I think it's going to be different. Um, colleges like Tulane and South and where cases have rise, you're going to have to watch on TV your high school football team or maybe on Zoom using the platform that we use, Zoom. Um, it's going to be different. No Friday night uh, games we saw last uh, fall with Triple E uh, moved to Saturday. But we don't know where we'll move on from here. Yeah, it'll definitely impose some challenges. As we still saw from some surveys, having pro sports and sports is still favored with having no fans. But that, that does impact the, the revenue thing, as that doesn't mean anything for college as they get money through their tickets. And professional sports can still make money off sponsorships and stuff like that, but it's a lot harder for colleges to be able to do this. So should be interesting to see what happens with high school and college sports if they start to cancel their seasons or postpone their seasons or even play in conference games like the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the Big East. Say the Big, the Big Ten moved to in-conference only, and you know, there's some – big teams there in the in the Big Ten. We got Ohio State there. So, and Ohio State was very good last year, and if they're only playing in-conference teams, you know, you can't really compare them to, you know, can't compare them to Alabama or, or Auburn. So, it could, could impact the standings here, you know. We see the Big Ten as Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Minnesota. They were all good teams last year. And with only being able to play teams in their conference, it should impose a challenge for rankings if to, for the college football playoff and bowl games like that. If they can't play other teams not in their conference that are as good as them, you can't get a better understanding of who's the better team in the sense there. So any thoughts on what playing in conference could mean for some teams in colleges? Well, co uh, college is going to be – Sports in college is not going to be the same as uh, we know, as it's been. Fans have been a partial key. You see all the highlights of, of crowds and of stadiums. They're packed with fans. And we're seeing a fan, uh, professional sports. No fans have had an impact on some home teams. Easier for the weight team. But in uh, pro sports like MLS and NBA, they're playing in the hub city where Unless you're the host city, you don't really feel like you're home. Everyone feels like away. And uh, having a hub city with no fans is easier for all the away teams because you don't have to deal with all the fans booing you and stuff. 
behind. Um, so we'll see uh, how much fan uh, impacts the game in college because we're seeing in professional sports. Do you think it's going to impact college? Yeah, definitely. Having no fans there could impact the game. Like we see the Patriots, like they play in Seattle week two. In Seattle, it's a, it's a loud stadium there. But if they don't have fans to really pump them up, you know, some teams – could have a chance against these really good teams there if you don't have the fans to hype, hype you up. Like in hockey or basketball, if it's late in the game there and you're down by a few points or a goal or two, you don't have your fans to hype you up and try and get that last touchdown, last goal, last basket there to try and force overtime or even win a, win a game late, late in the series or with a few minutes left in the game. It's going to be very interesting for these players and colleges to see how maybe some some colleges without a lot of recognition there like like we see here um Minnesota they were a good team last year they weren't the greatest they didn't make it but they beat some good teams along the way and without fans they could could end up beating some even better teams and making their way into the college football playoff so having no fans definitely impacts the game a lot about you know you can't you're you don't have fans to help your team out there and some big situations late in the game or trying to get that trying to get that win, get that last stop, last touchdown goal or something like that. It's gonna be very interesting to see what these professional college and high school teams will be able to do and accomplish here with all these limitations they are now facing. Yeah. It's gonna be a challenge and it's gonna be something we have not yet faced. So we'll see how it impacts. Ken mentioned uh, Seattle and KC, first two opponents of the Pats. Tough stadiums, but I don't know. It, it'll be different with no fans. But people could say the same thing about Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium gets loud. Uh, Houston, indoor stadium. A lot of indoor stadiums with a lot of fans usually gets loud. It's going to be much quieter. Uh, yeah, we see some teams are talking about pumping in crowd noise or having players mic'd up there, but it's not going to be the same. You know, pumping in crowd noise isn't the same as having actual fans there. We saw we saw with some baseball expedition games before they start their season up, you know, we see players hitting home runs with no fans in the stands, and it, it just looks weird and different, you know. There's players pumping on home runs, but no one's there to catch the ball into the stands or fans go crazy, you know, just have the – home run horn and quiet stadium. It's, it's very interesting and odd to see here. It was, it's going to be very interesting as uh, this season plays out here for these professional and college teams here. It's definitely going to be different. I think uh, all those concession stands aren't going to make any money. Um, seeing Fenway the past couple nights with no fans, it's just different. It's all boarded up, no seats. You see black tarps and stadiums across the U.S. will be having like this, and it's just going to be different experience. You don't have any of those dads with the beer and dropping the – spilling all the beer everywhere or the fun of uh, catching a home run. or So some of the home runs can be special, but, I mean, people, it's cool, like, catch, like, A-Rod's 500th home run. Like, no one really gets to get that moment this year. So – there's any milestones for any players, it'll be a little sad because no one will be able to uh, catch that. 
All right. Moving on to our next segment now. Go back to you, Brandon, for MLS is back tournament update with some also new exciting MLS news here. What do you got for us, Brandon? Yes, I um yesterday was reported that MLS is having a new expansion team and next team number twenty uh, seven out of thirty as they're getting to thirty by the uh, twenty twenty three. Uh, the uh, next three teams twenty twenty nine thirty all got pushed back a year due to COVID, but Charlotte was ready to start in twenty twenty one. So they'll just uh um keep it the same. They'll play in twenty one and uh, they're gonna be Charlotte SC. We've had lots of name choices up, Charlotte Fortune or other names you may have heard, but they went classic Charlotte FC, so I like that. Um, their crest is going to um, kind of like Chicago Fire, if you know what they have. They have a little fire in the center of the crest. They're going to have a crown as Charlotte uh, to honor their city of Charlotte. Uh, they'll be playing um, Sharon Stadium with uh, the Panthers at Bank America Stadium, and uh, we see Lots of teams, the Revs and the Pats at Gillette, and the Chicago Fire and the um, Bears playing at Soldier Field. So this isn't new to see MLS and NFL teams play at the same stadium, but it is definitely a different feel because you don't fill up the whole stadium. But we'll see uh, with no fans what uh, these new expansion teams can do. Um, their primary colors, they have four. It's going to be Carolina Blue. Uh, black, silver, and white. So that's our new expansion team. Welcome, Charlotte FC. But I now have an MLS is up, an MLS is back update. We've uh, had about two to three weeks of this tournament, and it's been nothing more than excitement. All these teams playing for points in the regular season, uh, trying to uh, be the champions, champion of the tournament for a chance of birth 2021, birth of Kong. Uh, Canadian Champions League, and there's also over $1 million of prize money. So lots of um, prize up for stake, but um, some teams, it hasn't been uh, their year. Uh, we saw some expansion teams, FC Cincinnati, Minnesota, uh, have been doing good lately. Uh, Inter-Miami, not so well, but Nashville and Dallas, unfortunately, were withdrawn. But I want to give you a quick notable team finishes. Atlanta United, unfortunately, were without star Joseph Martinez. Uh, they unfortunately scored uh, zero goals and got uh, lo they lost all three games for zero points. So they were eliminated uh, second after Miami, who lost all five. Uh, they scored zero points in the first five games. First MLS expansion team to not score any points in their first a uh, couple games. Orlando being the host and uh, Group A, they uh, scored seven points, two wins and a draw in uh, Group A and scored six goals. Chris Mueller, you may think of Nani as the star in Orlando, but it was Chris Mueller uh, becoming the star in uh, for Orlando City as they scored six goals and uh, moved on to the knockout stage. And uh, last but not least, can't forget about the Revs, uh, me and Jason's favorite teams in MLS. Is the Rams they scored five points, uh, one win and two draws. Fortunately, scoring was factor and they didn't score as many goals. They only scored two. Uh, Gustavo Bo against Montreal in their 1-0 win, 
and Adam Buxa in their 1-1 tie against DC United. Good news was Revs only conceded one goal in the tournament, and they'll hope to uh, keep that clean sheet from their 0-0 tie against Toronto this week into the round of 16 when they'll play Philadelphia. More info on uh, their upcoming schedule uh, at the end of the show when we talk about uh, our upcoming schedule. But I'm going to hand it over to Kim now, who's going to give us an NHL update as uh, we preview the NHL for uh, NHL to come. All right. Thanks, there for that. MLS's back sports update. We saw that very exciting 0-0 tie with the Revs against Toronto FC. Very exciting game for only being a 0-0 tie. But now, moving on to our NHL, I'll start off with our newest news here with the Seattle Kraken. Moving on to coming into the league, making 32 teams as they will play at Climate Pledge Arena there in Seattle. Their, their jerseys being green and blue with their great S logo there with their alternate logo being the, um, the Seattle Space Needle Anchor. Very cool jerseys and logos there. Should be exciting to see them play. And if you did not know, a Kraken is a mysterious sea creature making like an octopus or a big, big sea creature like that. That's why they are called the Kraken because Seattle is based on the ocean and sea. So they made their logo and team name off the a mysterious sea creature out in Seattle there. But moving on to the NHL tournament now. The NHL had two players test positive in phase three of testing all their players, which is looking good so far. Two players is more than zero, but it's not, it's not bad. But I'll start off now with some critical dates moving forward in the NHL tournament. Today is the 23rd of July. And in just three days on July 26th, the teams will travel to their hub cities in either Toronto or Edmonton, Canada. We have phase two of the NHL draft lottery being August 10th, right after the NHL starts their tournament up on August 1st. The second round will begin on, on August 25th after the qualifiers and the round robins there with the conference finals beginning on September 8th and the Stanley Cup beginning on September 22nd with the last possible date of the Stanley Cup final being on October 4th with the 2020 draft coming soon, short after on October 9th through the 10th with the next season starting up on December 1st. Moving into the actual tournament now, we're just about a week away from this NHL playoff starting off now. We'll see some of the first matchups on day one, starting off with Rangers versus Hurricanes, Panthers and Islanders, Canadians, Penguins, and first matchups on the West will be Jets and Flames and Blackhawks and Oilers. Some great matchups there as we have some other matchups for this tournament here. We have the Toronto and Columbus, Carolina Rangers, like I said, Pittsburgh and Montreal, like I said, the Islanders and Florida, as those will be our eight teams in the East. We're seeding between the five and 12 seeds as we have the top four seeds as the Bruins being the one, Capitals two, Tampa Bay three, and Philadelphia four. As we move on to the West now, our top four seeds being St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas, with our qualifying matchups being Calgary and Winnipeg, Nashville, Arizona, Edmonton, Chicago, Vancouver, and Minnesota. 
the matchups there, the top eight teams, the top four seeds in each conference will play a round robin to determine final seedings for the playoffs as we have the tournament being in a seed style tournament where the highest seed plays the lowest seed remaining. The first round for the qualifiers for the other 12 teams will be a best out of five series with the rest of the tournament being a best out of seven seed style. Should be an exciting tournament here. We'll see what happens there with our favorite team in the East being our very own Boston Bruins here with our favorite teams in the West being the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. Should be an exciting tournament here as it'll just kick off in just a little over a week here. Very exciting to see this tournament back and hockey back, but will be different, like we said earlier, with no fans, but exciting to have these sports back with all these games being national televised for the most part, being on either NHL Network, NBC, or NBCSM. And you'll have 15 hours of hockey every day, starting off with games starting at 12 and ending with the last game starting off around 1030 at night in the West. We'll have about 15 hours of hockey a day. Should be very exciting for hockey fans and for everybody to see that sports is back. So that concludes our NHL update. Back to you, Brandon. Yes, uh, sports is back. I agree with you. MLS was the first to kick off. They're going to start their uh, playoffs this weekend. And the last games uh, of the MLS regular tournament will end, conclude tonight. Uh, MLB will uh, start off tonight, opening day. Uh, the only news about that Nationals and Yankees game is Dr. Anthony Fauci will be throwing out the first pitch. So, uh, all you Nats and uh, Yankees fans uh, who may not be watching, but uh, shout out to them for opening and congrats to the Wa Washington Nationals for World Series champs last year. They'll open it up uh, tonight, and uh, the Red Sox will actually open their opening day tomorrow against the Orioles at home. That'll be uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can catch that on Nesson on TV or listen on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Um, just regular 98.5 Sports Hub. Um, Rems will play Philadelphia Saturday 10.30 p.m. You can watch that in English on ESPN2 or Spanish in ESPN Deportes. And uh, listen to it on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, presented by Charlie Davies and Brad Feldman. Celtics open up their scrimmage with OKC Thunder tomorrow at, at 5.30 p.m. You can watch that on NBC Sports Boston, where you'll watch all NBA games for the Celtics. And uh, NBA in Orlando can be watched on ESPN, Fox, or ABC. Those are the channels you can watch um, NBA, and uh, Bruins and Celtics will be on NBA Sports, uh, NBC Sports Boston, and you can watch the Bruins and Red Sox on Nesson. The Bruins' first matchup for the exhibition game will be on Thursday, July 30th, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then the first playoff game will be Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. against the four-seed Philadelphia Flyers in that and Robin to kick that off there. Back to you to conclude this episode. I'm just going to end with some announcements. Uh, previous episodes, we mentioned uh, special guest Mike Reese will be joining us. 
Uh, unfortunately, we had to push that back to uh, mid-August. So all you uh, uh, Mike Reese fans uh, looking out for that uh, segment, we'll uh, make sure we link that in our Instagram. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to cbj.sports. That's cbj.sports, cbj.sports on Instagram. Or you can follow me and Cam to uh, get our latest news. Um, that's going to do it for episode four. Um, this was a short one. Uh, there wasn't that much uh, news. Um, we'll keep you updated with MLS, NBA, NHL, as they, and MLB as they start to reopen and start replaying again. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, leave fan questions on Instagram or YouTube. And we hope to see you next time.